You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Welcome to Voice Junkie. So live impeachment hearings have begun finally with the House cross-examining all star witnesses in regards to the impeachment of Donald Trump. The impeachment inquiry is finally underway, albeit maybe two years late, but nevertheless, it is here today. A couple things we need to uh, get across here for some of you guys who listen to this podcast. I'm sure some of you don't really follow politics. That's my job to kind of put you on and make you privy to what's going on in the world of politics in an easily digestible way to my best abilities. One of the reasons why we've started the Voice Junkie podcast is because of these types of events. So let's jump into it really quick. First of all, the impeachment inquiry has begun because Donald Trump, the criminal that he is, and the loathsome human being that he is, just has a total and utter disregard for the law. Like, he just doesn't understand or care to understand our laws in this country. We gave foreign aid, we cleared foreign aid to Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, through the House. 400 million bucks. It was approximately around 391 million. And we passed it through the House. Everything was good, signed, sealed, delivered. All Donald Trump had to do, all Donnie had to do was just hand it off to the government. And he chose to not do that. Why did he choose not to do that? Well, I got the answer for you. He chose not to hand over already uh, hand over funds that we already cleared through the government, through our houses and branches of government, for his own political gain. He basically bribed and extorted the Ukrainian government saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to withhold these funds until you do what I want you to do. And you know what I want you to do? I want you to go and investigate my political opponent, Joe Biden, and his son. Now, his son, Hunter Biden, he has some questionable ties to some weird company out in Ukraine. I guess they handle, uh, you know, fossil fuels, gas, or oil. I'm, I'm not sure. But he has some little t- ties to this company. And he got a position, powerful position, where he gets paid $50,000 a month to sit on the board of this company. And, you know, there's questions to how he got the position. Why did he get the position? Et cetera, et cetera. Those are legitimate questions. Don't get me wrong. However, this is where things go astray. Donald Trump decided, in his criminal mind, decided that it was a good idea to withhold foreign aid to Zelensky, the Ukrainian government, in exchange for his complicit agreement to investigate Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And if, if you don't understand how these laws work and how the Constitution work, I'm not a lawyer, but I do read. You can't do that. That is absolutely 1000% illegal, given what the Constitution says. You cannot get favor from a foreign government that will personally benefit you as the leader of the United States. It's in the Constitution. So this is not a debate. All this quid pro quo and all this other stuff that you've been hearing about, about, you know, you know, one of the biggest arguments from the Republicans is, is saying, oh, there was no quid pro quo. And even Donald Trump himself saying, oh, there was no quid pro quo, which means me holding funds 
in order for you to do something, you know, uh, or me giving you money in order to do something or, you know, in, in that, in that type of light. And first of all, that's a lie. It was quid pro quo. Second of all, even if you don't count pre quote, uh, quid pro quo, he still broke the law because he went to a foreign government, asked them to investigate his political opponent. That alone is illegal. So all this dancing around and making all this other, uh, you know, dog and pony show is, is irrelevant because that is the goddamn law. Do we follow laws in this country anymore or not? Are we finally going to put away the charade that is the United States government and its laws? Because for, you know, listen, I'm speaking as a person of color. People in my circles have thought our laws were a joke from the beginning and they only benefit certain people. And one thing that Donald Trump is doing that I don't want to say is something that is a positive because nothing he does is, you know, rarely does is positive. But what his presidency has done has brought to light a lot of the hypocrisy in our current government and how it's structured. The law breaking, the, the dis- total disregard for the Constitution, the total disregard for anything that has to do with our law system. Do we abide by, do we, are we a country that abides by these, these laws that were written by the founding fathers? Or are they just, you know, enacted in certain situations that benefit, you know, X side or Y side? But, you know, just to get back to the uh, impeachment hearings, you had chairman, uh, chairman of the United States House uh, Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, Democrat Adam Schiff. He's that position. And then you had Republican Devin Nunez with the, you know, these two gentlemen had the uh, opening statements to the in- impeachment inquiry. So, you know, not to get into the gory details as far as what Schiff said and what Nunez said, but Adam Schiff on the Democratic side basically laid out all the facts. This is what happened. This is who said what. And this is why we're here. While Devin Nunez completely ignored facts and decided to just talk in vague generalities, uh, talk in projecting, uh, just doing all of these things that had nothing to do with any type of facts. (laughs) This is what the Republicans do so well. You know, I'm listening to the guy speak and I'm just disgusted. And I want to just, you know, I'm screaming at my TV. Because I'm just like, these guys just don't give a damn about the law. They don't. Because it benefits them to keep this monster, this orange clown in the house. I mean, in, in, in our house, the White House. Because it keeps power. They can care less about the country. He's rotting the country from within. And yet, this party, the Devin Nunes of the world, don't care about what happens to our country. They don't care about facts. They don't care about laws. They don't care about anything but power. And, and, and that's not a democracy, man. That's a dictatorship. That's fascism. That is, the, <laughs> that is the core beginnings of a fascist state. And this is a lot of these guys in the Republican Party think like. They think like Devin Nunes, who was a clown himself. So, you know, he's, you know, talking about the dossier, steel dossier and, and this, this is a hoax and this is a 
witch hunt and this is this and this is that, you know, the same talking points that Donald Trump regurgitates and vomits out of his mouth every uh, other tweet. And none of it is rooted in any type of facts, even as far as the impeachment inquiry goes, as far as how the process is enacted when they bring in witnesses and they have closed door uh, uh, testimonies and all these types of uh, things. This was all enacted by a house, by the uh, by, by a speaker of the house that was ran by the Republicans and John Boehner. John Boehner enacted these laws, these closed door, you know, proceedings, and, and and he enacted this in 2015. So another stupid argument by the Republicans talking about closed door meetings. Yeah, there are closed door meetings with not just Democrats, but Republicans. So what the hell are you talking about? Point is, guys, don't just listen to what these Republicans are saying at face value, because a lot of them are making no goddamn sense because they're trying to deceive your brain and take you away from all the facts that are being literally laid out for you. They're going to continuously divert your attention and go squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. They're going to keep pointing to you all these different directions to where the squirrels are coming from so you won't so you can take your eye off the ball and the ball is donald trump asked a foreign government a leader of a foreign government to do his dirty work to do his bidding and he used his 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 freaking you know his private lawyer and rudy giuliani to do a lot of this undermining none of it is legal period regardless of what side of the fence you stay on far as what party you choose to back the facts are the facts. The law is the law. All right. Are we a country of laws? Or are we not? That is the question. Are we a country of laws or are we not? Period. This is what this impeachment is questioning right now. But it just goes into and it just goes to say like the Devin Nunes of the world and how ridiculous they are and how they just go out the way to back a guy who's really destroying the country. And it goes to tell, you know, you, there's a lot of Republicans on the other side who don't support this president, but they don't support him behind closed doors. And those guys are cowards. They're calculating every single move to protect their own asses when it comes to reelection, when it comes to the you know, public perception, their poll numbers, whatever the case may be. It's a joke. You were elected into the government to protect the country and the integrity of the country. And that comes to its constitution and its laws. If you're not doing that, then what the hell are you doing in the seat in the first place? Unless you're just a corrupt piece of shit, which a lot of politicians are. That's just a reality. That's the sad reality of the situation. So you got a bunch of guys who don't really, you know, don't really fucks with the president, but they won't come out. They won't voice that opinion out in the public. They like to keep it behind closed doors. So it, it, it goes to it's like. What are these guys afraid of when it comes to either, you know, whether they want to remove the president for breaking laws or just criticizing, just criticizing? What are these guys so goddamn afraid of? You know what they're afraid of? They're afraid of the whack job supporters of Donald Trump. Yeah. The 30 percent, the the immovable 30 percent that he continuously has as support. Those guys are fucking deplorables. Like Hillary Clinton said. They're deplorables. And I don't like Hillary Clinton. That's one thing she got right in 2016. She called his supporters, his 30% support group, deplorable. 
they are deplorable. They are deplorable. We've gotten to a point now we have a sample, a large enough sample size. We're going into three years of this clown's term. And for those who still choose to support this clown as racist, as much of a bigot he is, and you still support him, then you're a fucking racist, period. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. You can't support a guy that's caused Mexicans, you know, rapists and, and, and support the awful shit that happened down in Charlottesville. You can't support that. Charlottesville, you had Nazis and all kind of Klan members and all kind of neo-white nationalist s- supporters. And you called, eh, this fine people on both sides. What fine people you see on that side? Because all I see is hatred and, and, and vitriol that is just uh, toxicness that just doesn't bode well for this country. And you say there's fine people on both sides. No, there's not. And then the stuff he said about the immigrants, hey, you know, there's stories coming out that's leaking out from his administration saying, hey, why we can't just shoot the immigrants when they hit when they approach the border? Uh, because it's illegal and it's racist. You sh- you're gunning down brown people. Oh, can we at least shoot them in the leg? This is stories that came out that he was saying behind closed doors. So he has a complete and utter disregard for anything that's brown in form, except for his wife, because she's white from a foreign country. But that's a whole nother story. If you're foreign, brown, he hates your guts. He thinks you are less than, which is the very definition of a racist. So if you choose to still support a guy like that, then you need to look in the mirror and you need to reevaluate some things about yourself. A, either A, your brain is broken, or B, you're just a racist. You just haven't come to that realization. You haven't come to that... You haven't come to accept that very truth. That very truth says that you are a racist if you still support this guy. But we'll see how this all unfolds. I definitely will be keeping my eyes glued to how this whole entire impeachment inquiry happens. There's going to be a lot of other guys coming up and girls to come up and talk and testify about their account of the situation, the phone call that he had with uh. Ukrainian President Zelensky. You got to keep this in mind. There's nothing that's a hoax about this because everyone that is testifying has some correlation, has some involvement in his government. They have an involvement, whether it's his ambassador Taylor, who had damning testimonies. His testimonies were damning. It was like, yeah, he said this, and yeah, I perceived it this way, and yeah, this person perceived it that way, and so forth and so forth. I mean, there's what are we doing here? He's caught. He's dead to rights. And it's time for him to be removed, period. Impeach and remove. That's what needs to happen. But other than that, the one I will end on this in this topic, um, one thought, and that is to the Democratic Party, the people that are, I don't know what you want to call it, cross examining the witnesses and rebutting the stupid crap that comes out of Republicans mouths when they try to defend Donald Trump, which is indefensible as far as the laws. That he's broken. My one thing that irks me to death is just how weak establishment Democrats come off. How weak they come off. They're just so goddamn polite. This political correctness, it's not time for this political correctness. Because what happens is when you're too politically correct, you allow Republicans like Devin Nunes and his cronies to just keep giving and feeding the public disinformation in a more uh, louder tone, in a more forceful way. 
people pay attention to that. Even if they're, even if that person that's saying something forceful is really not saying much, you're going to have to pay attention to it because he's saying it at least with some kind of force. And, you know, he's saying it with some bass in his voice. You got all these soft speaking people like, you know, Adam Schiff, he's speaking softly and he's, he's given the facts, but he's saying it in a way that's not impactful. This is how establishment Democrats for decades since I've been alive have been getting their asses handed to them because Republicans always are allowed to change the narrative because of how their presentation is. They're more forceful in how they deliver their messages. Even if 99% of the shit they're saying is horseshit, it doesn't matter. They get to control the narrative because they're more forceful with how they deliver the message. This is what I hope Democrats do in the House. They become more forceful in getting the message out and explaining the details and the facts to the American public and not allow themselves to be steamrolled by these Republicans because they ain't got nothing. So that's one thing that I'm paying attention to, and I hope it changes after the first day of the testimonies. So this gets into my second topic that I wanted to kind of go over with you guys really quick. And it's about Microsoft. It's a story that came out of Microsoft that says that this company has been uh, experimenting with a four day work week. Now that's already sounds cool, don't it? So the, the crux of it is Microsoft, I'm going to read the bullet points here. Microsoft found that implementing a four day work week led to a 40% boost in productivity. The company announced as part of the results of its work-life choice challenge. The summer project examined work-life balance and its effect on productivity and creativity. As part of the experiment, Microsoft's Japan subsidiary, so it came out of Japan, this is where the experiment is being held, of course it's Japan, but um, Microsoft's Japan subsidiary uh, closed every Friday in August, resulting in higher productivity that in August 2018, the company said. So, you read the, I read the bullet points to you. So essentially what this study has proved in its short uh, experimental phase is that shorter work weeks work that given shorter breaks, I mean, given, yeah, given uh, longer breaks, productivity rises with your work staff because now your staff comes in more rejuvenated and they just are able to create a lot more better because they're not burned out working a 40 plus hour week. Um, I, this has been, I'm, I'm just so glad that this story came out because this has always been my stance. I've had this stance for at least a few years now working because um, I've had corporate jobs. I've had little odds and end types of jobs. I've had all types of jobs. That's a whole nother conversation for another day. But this is one of the things that I've remained consistent on with the people in my circles and the people that I know. I've always been for shorter work weeks. I've always been for having four-day work weeks more specifically because, I mean, what are we doing here? You know, we, we're still going by these old, the old guard and how things were back in the days and the back in the days thing doesn't work anymore. Back in the days, there were factory jobs where you had to be there physically and do physical work in order to have any kind of productivity. Those days don't exist anymore. 
Not as much, especially not in the United States, unless you work in a China or you work in these countries like, you know, Thailand or whatever the case may be, where there's a big uh, component, the big component of their economy is manufacturing and working in the factory, i.e. Foxconn of China, who makes pretty much all the iPhones. This doesn't exist anymore in the United States or hardly exists anymore. Those types of jobs are gone. We've gone to more of a digital, more of a technological uh, based um, society. So a lot of the stuff you could do in, in, you know, one of the things I hated about my previous job was like I worked five days a week, 40 hours a week, sometimes 40 plus hours. I was rare, but. Um, I worked those that worked that schedule and a lot of people, 90% of the people out there listening probably, uh, has the same thing because, you know, they're average Americans and average Americans work 40 plus hours a week. But the one thing that I hated, the one thing that was constant with me that drove me crazy was a 90% of my job, 95% of my job I can do from home and a good Another good 95% of the time, not 95% of the time, let's say 50% of the time. I say 50% of the time, we didn't really do anything. 50% of the time, we're doing, we're twiddling our thumbs and we're stuck in a cubicle hating our lives. And when you're hating your life and you're stuck in a cubicle, you know, it, it, it really stifles your creativity and it really stifles your productivity because it puts you in a funk. Psychologically, it just puts you in a funk. But one thing that this also didn't say in the bullet points and in, in the article, it, it 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 iterated, it reiterated, is that not only did it boost improvement far as creativity and productivity with its working staff, but it also helped with saving money because now they're not using as much power on Fridays because Fridays are closed, so they're not using as much power, they're not using as much resources. Whether that's power, whether that's printing paper, whether that's using pens or even throwing out trash, like things stop on Friday. There's win wins all over the place. So the point is, I'm glad this study came out. I'm glad I wasn't crazy in thinking that we should have shorter work weeks because we we can get majority of what we do, especially in a corporate setting, majority of what you do, you can get done in less than 40 hours. So this whole, you know, arbitrary number, like I hate the fact that the 40 hour week is this arbitrary number that we seem to not be able to shake. Like it's law or something like you have to work this amount of hours in order to be, it makes no goddamn sense. Let's innovate. Let's grow. Let's evolve as a society. And really, really implement these types of creative and innovative um, ways in improving our society as a whole. And this would definitely be something that I hope more company, companies implement because not only is it more productive, but it also is very, very helpful to mental health. This is another thing that is not. Uh, that wasn't really featured in the uh, Business Insider article, but it does help with mental health. When you are, you know, mentally, when you're not mentally drained, you know, at least half of your week to recharge and regenerate, then yeah, of course you'll be able to be more creative 
yeah, of course you'll be able to be more productive. So I just think that was interesting. So that's it for this week's episode of the Voice Chunky Podcast. Until next week, peace.